This is Dr. Rosie Kuhn, and this podcast series is called Spiritual Immersion, Taking the Plunge. And the idea of taking a plunge or taking the plunge, it sounds like we're going deep into the abyssness of this process, when actually we're just looking at one thought at a time, one belief at a time, one interpretation at a time in this moment, if we can. Uh, Most of our life is spent either thinking about the past or thinking about the future, and very little of it is actually like, who am I now? Who am I in this moment? What's really true about this moment? So uh, that's what this process is about, is saying, who am I today in this moment? Not who I was, but who I who I was and how I got to be here in this moment is all that really matters. So we use the past, if you will, to um, much like an archaeologist or anthropologist who looks at the past to say, who am I now and what choices can I make from here going forward? And that's what we're here to do is just do some self-discovery in a, in a hopefully in a way that's um, inspiring and perhaps a little bit fun and uh, be curious and fascinated about how you got to be here in this moment. Because the truth is, is that all of universe, all the universe, all of the lifetimes, all of what has come before has brought you to this moment. All the ancestors in your life brought you to this moment. And not only you, but me and everyone else, is this is the cultivation of the evolution of the world up till this moment through you. And the more that we become aware of who we are and how we be, how we uh, uh, tend to our fears and to our fearlessness, the the greater degree we can actually unfold and expand our levels of consciousness and the way that we be in that evolution of consciousness. It's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. So um, what I want to what I want to focus on right now in this particular podcast is the idea of forgiveness. It's um, one of the basic tenets of every single spiritual and religious tradition is forgiveness, um, and it's it's challenging because there's a there's two parts of it. One is that if I have, feel like I've been wronged, then I feel righteous in being unforgiving. Uh, And I judge you or whoever or whatever as something that is unforgivable. So I maintain a sense of righteousness as well. I attain, I I, um, hold on to my sense of being violated. Uh, And I might say, oh, I forgive you for that. I forgive you for your transactions, for your, your whatever you did. But I can hold on to my righteousness and I can hold on to being violated. Now that's, um, that is a, that is the forgiveness that really doesn't heal any wounds. It doesn't heal the world. It holds on to a, I'm right, you're wrongness about your, about the reality of the world. It's part of consensus reality. Somebody's got to be right and somebody's got to be wrong. We can point the fingers and blame and shame all we want to, or point the finger at ourselves and, and take on the shame and guilt. But it's getting beyond that that's really important in this process. And I bring it up not only in terms of the forgiveness of people in your life, but mostly about forgiving yourself. And it's not about forgiving yourself in a sense that you were wrong, you did something wrong, you you made mistakes, you made choices that were not good for yourself or other people. Uh, And so from a righteous, pious place, you forgive. 
but there's there's something more than that in a sense there's uh, compassion so forever i have had a challenge with the idea of forgiveness because of my righteousness <laughs> i'm bestowing on you or bestowing on whoever it is at the time i'm bestowing my forgiveness on them but holding on to my righteousness and in my ability to say i'm right and you're wrong not my ability but my declaration of that when we go back to what i talked about in the previous podcast about what am i afraid people are going to find out or decide about me and what do i do so people don't find that out i'm constantly living in a state of unforgiveness i'm constantly seeing myself as wrong or bad or even worse in a sense i'm nothing i have no significance in the world and I, I, honest to God, and I, to, the, to the degree that you can explore that for yourself is, is a great thing to say, what am I afraid people are going to find out or decide about me? But my truth is, is every single person that I ever asked that question to has been able to really um, be clear about that part of them that says I'm really insignificant or unloving or lovable or undeserving of love and appreciation uh, or good things happening. So as we, um, as we're able to discover that and unconceal that core belief about ourselves, we can begin to go, wow, that's why I've been acting the way I have all these years. That's why I, I, I put these patterns in place um, so that I would not be harmed or violated because I was insignificant or unworthy, unloving. And so we begin to go, oh, I, that made perfect sense that I, because I'm afraid people are going to uh, find out about me in this and this, I'm going to, uh, to make people laugh. I'm going to make people think I'm smart. I'm going to, or I'm going to retreat and be silent, or I'm going to be very active and athletic. I'm going to do things so people like me and don't reject me. And some of those things also create Um, such dissonance in ourselves that we begin to drink or uh, use substances or behaviors to um, to calm and salve that part of us that's living um, not in our absolute truth but in the truth of I'm going to be found out as as a fraud or a failure and and so I have to keep protecting myself so there's these layers of being that continue to pile on top of us and we begin to develop relationships with people and we're not authentic in those relationships because we're afraid they're going to find out about us and at the same time we begin to um, find fault with them we start to um, make them wrong for being themselves so not only are we then afraid of what people are going to find out we now begin to find out (laughs) and, and impose our righteousness on other people So the point of all this is that there's a place of forgiveness. And the forgiveness is, um, I I think a lot, and it was really, really helpful to remember what Jesus said when he was on the cross, which is, Father, forgive these people, for they know not what they do. Now, he wasn't talking from a place of righteousness. He was talking about a place of compassion. And, And so when I think about the people that I have been holding from my righteousness that they're wrong then um then i'm i'm my righteousness isn't helping anything it's not helping me it's not helping them 
and I'm holding that righteousness because I don't want to be found out to be vulnerable and all the rest of my fears uh, and interpretations that I make about myself and others. So in thinking about Father, forgive them, or Mother, forgive them, for they know not what they do, that gave me this opening, this compassion of, for people who don't know, we don't know what we're doing. We really don't. And so not only am I in that place of saying, wow, nobody knows what they're doing here. We're doing the best that we can. And, and why am I holding them? Why am I holding myself more righteous than anybody else? We're all in the state of righteousness against wrongness. And that's not working. And if I'm trying to, if I'm wanting to cultivate peace and I'm wanting to cultivate serenity and tranquility in my life, what do I need to shift? And what I need to shift is that st- that that uh, declaration of my righteousness about everything, <laughs> everything. Uh, when I was working with Hans, who was my coach, he asked the question, "What? When did you know you were the smartest person in the room?" And I said, six years old." So since I was six years old, I just I had just decided I was the smartest person in the world. Now that's a, a nice uh, survival mechanism, as you will, if you will. But it was a way of surviving, in a sense, looking at the world through my eyes, that I was right and everybody was wrong. But it also meant that I was in, I was vulnerable to everybody else because nobody knew what they were doing and that I had to be invulnerable in my righteousness. And all of that kept me from being my authentic expression myself. It kept me from really, truly um, making choices about who I wanted to love and who I would marry because I love them, not because of all of the strategies that I was trying to do and utilize to make sure my life was safe and secure and stable. Um, I would have made so many different choices had I not been in this state of patterning, which made me always wanting to survive. And um, that was basically the best that I could do. So in thinking about Jesus saying to to God, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I was able to begin that process of, of seeing the people that I felt violated me from that perspective. They don't know what they're doing. They're just doing what they do. But I also had to, more importantly, say to myself, Rosie, forgive yourself, for you know not what you do. You did not know any better. You were coming from a state of fear. You were coming from a state of, of um, unknown uncertainty and, uh, and survival, and it was terrifying. It was traumatic, and you didn't know any better than to make up the choices that you made the best you could. So that had really, really, really helped me to begin the process of detaching from seeing myself as wrong, seeing myself as undeserving, seeing myself as unlovable, seeing myself as not enough, and begin to accept me and love me and appreciate me and acknowledge me for the good stuff. And be able to say, yeah, I made choices that were really hard for other people. I made choices that were mistakes. I made choices that um, I regret. But in this moment, I can see that the core, um, the, the, the conditions that were created because of my situations, that all added to me making those choices that I made. 
and I can, it makes sense then to go, well, of course, those are the decisions that you made, because that was the best you could do, given everything. So um, in, in that, there's that level, deeper and deeper levels of acceptance of me. And in that, then, is deeper and deeper acceptances of other people to say, hey, Rosie, forgive these people for they know not what they do. They're doing the best they can given their core fears of annihilation and uh, being found out and being rejected. Um, they're doing the best that they can. They've come up with their own strategies to, to maintain a sense of stability and safety in the world. Each of us are doing that. And the degree, the degree to which we can come to acknowledge that in ourselves, for ourselves, then the greater degree of acceptance we have and compassion. And out of that, my experience is forgiveness is a no-brainer. It's like that just happens when we can go, wow, this person had gone through quite, a, quite an intense life. And this is the results of that. And man, <laughs> I'm giving them compassion. I mean, compassion is just the... The, the impulse of that because it's just becomes more natural rather than judging them. So one of the practices that I use to help me and support me and empower me to come to a place of self self-appreciation was to do um, um, this exercise, which is uh, at night, I would say, okay, I'm going to acknowledge myself for 10 things that I did well today. So I acknowledge myself for brushing my teeth or washing the dishes or eating well or um, not binging on Netflix or I acknowledge myself for going out for a walk or I acknowledge myself for calling a friend. So those things that I appreciate that I did is, a, is really a great thing that we do. So in a sense, instead of looking at and criticizing and judging what didn't get done, what was wrong, like that has to stop because Research has shown criticism and judgments do not support growth and development. It does not. It doesn't. So I have to stop judging myself. I have to stop punishing myself. I have to stop beating myself up, which I was exceptionally good at, um, and um, begin to acknowledge and appreciate the good things about me. So number one, acknowledge 10 things that you did well or 10 things I did well. Number two, 10 things that I respect about myself. And then five things that I honor myself for. What do I honor myself for? These are hard questions. I couldn't answer these questions. I could do the acknowledgments. I acknowledge myself for this and this and this. The others got to be more difficult. Respecting myself. Honoring myself. How do I honor myself? What do I honor myself for? And then what do I appreciate, in a sense, accept myself for? And those grew into a, a level of self-love. But I didn't go for the self-love because that's way too much for somebody who was so self-loathing, so, so, so full of self-hatred and self-loathing, that the best I could do was begin to acknowledge good things, things that I could say, I did this well, and move from there. So those are pieces of the incrementalness of this. And it's not as if your life will change or my life changed just by doing this, but it certainly helped put me on the right path of no judgments. You know, the Course in Miracles, every, regardless of the outcome, every high spiritual um, uh, readings, um, works of art, book says, um, forgive. 
forgive. And, um, and so that's the practice. All right, I'm going over again. I will let you go and I will talk to you again soon. All right, bye-bye.